UFC 149 was last weekend. Coming up, we got 150 to talk about. Let's do it. Welcome to the Hook J Podcast. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? It's all said and done. I know one thing that I can do. I can fight. I can give it and I can take it. You should have left me over on that other game that I'm from, that more ruthless game where we bounce heads off the canvas and drill them into the floor. You should have left me where I was. The show starts now. UFC Fight Night 149 took place on Saturday. Uh, that was the Overeem card in St. Petersburg, Russia. Uh, it was an okay card. A lot of finishes early. Uh, I think it was five total. but uh, Or six. Six total. Uh, it was pretty interesting to watch, especially the earlier rounds, the earlier fights. Other than that, most of them went to decision. They're... You know, congratulations to Overeem for getting his 45th win in the UFC or in his career. In the UFC. God damn. In his career. But other than that, nothing really noteworthy came out of it. There was, you know, a couple good knockouts and a couple good, like, matches where they were just slugging and going. Overall, it was kind of a laid back and relaxed and really kind of flying under the radar kind of card. So not much really came out of it. It started at 10. And, um, they started out with a knockout or a TKO technically, but I mean, it was there was really nothing going on in that card. I mean, I was happy to see Overeem win. Just had a rough go of it in the past few fights, so Let's I mean, it was good it. to see him back in the win column. Let's face it, Steve Bay tapped. Okay, I saw it. You saw it. Overeem felt it. Steve Bay tapped. Let's go to fight night 150. That's coming up. What I noticed about this card in particular, there's a lot of what you can say is bigger names on there that are actually in the early prelims you got like jim miller he's in the early prelims diego uh lima angela hall and uh even in the the normal prelims you got ben saunders andre arvlowski carla espinoza something you know that's two former champs this is very much a kind of a storytelling fight this is one that they want to bring in new guys and hopefully have them knock it out of the park have them have a good debut and move them forward move on to the main card and it's a fairly decent card you got a couple good people in there out of them you got uh one guy in particular that i don't think anybody cares for in the entire mma community but he's still a co-main event which i have a problem with because you have a fight before that that could could have been the main event yeah the fight before the co-main could easily be the co-main itself, if not a main event on another card. <clears throat> so the co-main event is Greg Hardy versus, I don't have to say the name, Dimitri? Dimitri Smolakov? Smolakov, something like that. I don't know about Dimitri too much. I know his name. I know his picture because I'm looking at it. But other than that, I don't know too much. And he's fighting Greg Hardy in the co-main event. That... I, I, I don't think anybody agrees with him being on the, the co-main event. I don't mind him fighting, right? I don't mind him doing that. If he earned the co-main event, then he can fight there. But he hasn't did anything at all. His last fight showed lack of experience where he, was it a head kick or a knee or what was it? The knee to a grounded opponent. 
Yeah, like, and it just showed a lack of experience. But he's a big name, so they put him in the co-main event. The fight before that, the welterweight fight, is against Alex Cowboy Oliveira versus Mike Perry. That could be a main event within itself because both of those guys are really aggressive. They both want to go out there and win. You could have put that in the main event, put Jacare in the co-main, and had Greg Hardy down the card. You didn't have to have him there just because he's a name. That's what the only story out of this that I'm, I'm really kind of mad about in terms of this card is like, why would you go ahead and do that when you have better options? You take a look back to Greg Hardy's illegal knee in his last fight against Crowder. I'm going to give him not, I'm not giving him a pass on it because it was, it was an illegal knee to a grounded opponent, but with the commissions not being 100% uniform in all the rule sets yet, and they haven't all adopted the uniform rules, there is a margin for error on a rookie's part. Maybe he didn't understand, and maybe the angle he was at prevented him from seeing everything completely right. But regardless of the fact, Greg Hardy performed an illegal knee to the side of a, the head of a down of opponent. It really shows a lack of experience and him being put in frustrating situations, like how he's going to come out of them. I don't really think he should be on a co-main event. Maybe I, don't, I wouldn't have any problem with him being on the first fight or the last fight on the prelims on a pay-per-view card to bring it into the main card. I wouldn't mind that. But there's no reason why he should be a co-main event other than the fact that he's an NFL star. Yeah, that's the only reason they're giving the push. That's the only reason they did it last time. It's the reason they gave him the the Dana White series, whatever it was. He's basically being handed a uh, MMA career because of his past NFL career. It's not the first time we've seen that in the UFC, but it's very frustrating when that does happen. Because there's other people out there that are putting the time in, putting the effort, coming from virtually nothing in order to get into the organization. But since you have a name, they just throw it at you, which should not happen in any, any organization ever. It shouldn't happen, but it's always going to happen. Yeah. In any sport, in any combat sport, any other sport, it's going to happen. It's just an undeniable fact that once somebody is at a celebrity level and they want to go and do something else, you're going to follow them and you're going to give them you're going to give them better opportunities than you would somebody who's coming from somebody coming from nowhere as a champion in some, you know, backwaters league. Going into the UFC, yeah, you might want to give them the top 40 first at the gate. You're definitely not going to give them the top 10 if you don't think it's going to happen. Greg Hardy proved that he could knock people out, at least, in the Dana White series. So why not give him a shot against opponents and give him some limelight or limelight to bring in some, some viewership to that heavyweight division that's really stagnant right now? Yeah, I mean... It- it just doesn't sit right with a lot of people. I don't, I don't think I'm the only one who, who thinks this. The guy deserves a chance. Uh, let's go ahead and give him the chance. But if, you, if you're going to be given all this attention, you're going to be put into these main events, you need to step up and show that all this profit that they're trying to make off you is worth it. Well, he's 3-1 and one in his record, right? Usually when you get in the UFC, you're 7-0. and oh, You got some actual fights under your belt. They very much just kind of gave him a lot of people to just knock out, move on. 
I know he had a couple fights before the UFC that were just amateur bouts that were very much like, hey, this ex-professional NFL player is going to fight a guy who took up MMA in his 30s, mid-30s, and he thinks he can fight that guy, <laughs> you know? Which, you know, it's possible that guy could win, but it's very much like we're going to put you up against the uh, proverbial tomato can uh, <laughs> constantly and hope you got a bigger name. You know, it's the same thing they do in boxing with certain people, and you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it more and more, especially with these bigger names, if they're coming into the sport, that you're going to see this more and more, more people that are like, oh, we can just throw this to that guy because there's a chance that because he has this athletic ability that not a lot of people have, the fact that he's 250 plus naturally, supposedly, and has this much speed and power and prowess to him, you know, this, this, he's, there's a possibility he can just knock a dude out and keep walking. It's a chance, but what are you going to do when Greg Hardy gets in there with like a, a JDS, a guy with a better boxing experience? What is he going to do when he gets in there with like Francis Zagano, who you could argue is constantly getting better, right? If he gets in there with, God forbid he gets in there with someone like Daniel Cormier, who is just going to wrestle him for the entire, you're going to see a 25-minute fight, <laughs> not even. If, if, if he wants to, he can make it a 25-minute grueling fight for Greg Hardy to the point where Greg Hardy will probably tap out just due to being tired. Like, what What do you? What, what's going to happen when you put him against a guy who can outdo him in almost any aspect? I think we got a glimpse of that in his last fight. It, it seemed like that. The frustration in the second round once Crowder started pressing him and shrugging off some of the shots he was taking, like, dude, you're not really hitting as hard as you think you are. Those shots aren't clean, and you you really got no physical strength. Because Crowder was doing a good job, even if he was faking it, by pushing forward and putting the pressure back on Hardy, even though he wasn't landing many shots or going for takedowns. Putting the pressure back on Hardy and making him back up, we saw a huge opening. Yeah, Greg Hardy's one of the fighters that you see a lot in amateur bouts where I'm going to run forward, right? They don't really know what to do when they get backed up, which it's similar to like when Brock Lesnar came in and he was very much a forward guy, right? But when he had to be defensive, it really didn't work out well for him. You know, he used his, his size and his prowess to take people down and hold them down. But when he was backed up, you know, he had someone equal size like with Overeem. When he was forced to move backwards, he just con- he just got hit and hit and hit. You're gonna see that with Greg Hardy. I wouldn't put like I wouldn't bet on Greg Hardy right now. Like if I had money, unless it was a guy that you know came in with like a zero and two record. You know, a guy with like one and three. You know, one of the the lower guys that they're giving him a chance. So I don't know about this Dimitri guy. I I, I think I've seen him fight before. Not a hundred percent. But I would bet on him before Greg Hardy. But then again, I'm not counting the guy out. He he does have a puncher's chance. He's got the power, obviously. We did watch the, the Dana White series. But other than that, I don't like the guy. I don't think he should be a co-main event. I think everybody kind of agrees with that. I think most people will agree with that, yeah. My pick for what should be the main event is the uh, welterweight match against uh, Alex and Mike Perry. That that should be the main event, right? Like, I'm not thinking different. I think it should be either a main event or this co-main event. 
Yeah, it definitely should be higher up on the card. Or its own card. Yeah, one of the two. That fight's going to be great because both of them are really aggressive. They're going to push the pace. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Alex can do because I think the last time he fought is when he got cut open with yeah, Cowboy, right? Like a faucet. Yeah. And it, well, the, was it the last two fights against Cowboy, both of them? No, he's only had one against Cowboy. You know, because Alex, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's very good at getting the guillotines and uh, triangles versus Mike Perry, who hopefully got a lot better at wrestling and is able to get out of more submissions uh, and hopefully follows what his coaches say, which he has a problem with during the fights. Well, once he gets hit a few times, Perry wants to just push forward and just animal style, just beat the hell out of somebody, which I absolutely love watching when it works. And whenever he's doing his thing, yeah. Uh, I think there are times Perry just kind of needs to slow down, back up, and take the advice of his corner and the guys who are watching what's happening. Because Alex is very patient, but Alex is somebody who is game to throw down. Anytime you want to start throwing down, he will throw down. Being a black belt, you have to watch out for that clinch. Because if he pulls you down to the ground in his guard, you're done. And we just saw Perry get rolled around with Cowboy and get his arm hyperextended. I don't think... Alex would be bold enough to pull Clint or pull guard in this fight. I think it would be like he frustrates Perry. Perry goes in for to the cage to take him down. Like he tries to push him, and he tries to go for a takedown, and that's where something with a scramble will happen. I think it'll come down to the scramble if Perry doesn't decide to rush in, because Alex has a problem backing up. You know, he's very much a forward guy, and you don't see him back up that often. Your pick on Jacare and uh, the Bond villain? I don't know enough about Jack Hermanson, and like I know he's on a three-fight win streak right now, and and Jacare is coming off a win, so I think Souza might be trying to get some momentum to try to get one more title shot before he looks at calling it quits because he's at thirty-nine. But Souza still got power, and that, I don't know if Jack can really weather that storm, and God forbid he go to the ground. If he goes to the ground, I don't know if Hermanson's got what it takes to get away from that guy. It's very hard to escape a crocodile at I mean, any point. Obviously. <laughs> uh, I think I think someone saw Hermanson's last uh, fight with the submission and was like, oh, this would be a great matchup after all four people canceled or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, and then didn't Jacare knock out Weidman? Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's a submission specialist. But, um, yeah, he's knocked out two or three people in the past few fights. So Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it, it's an interesting matchup, to say the least. But other than that, there's not a whole lot going up. We can talk about a couple events if you want. Laid out there. Darren Till's uh, arrest. Have you read anything about that? Nope. I didn't even know he got arrested. I did see the video footage from Connor getting arrested, though, for that whole phone thing. Yeah, he got arrested in Spain. Uh, supposedly, he stole a taxi and trashed a hotel room. Haven't read too much into it. I know that's what the headline said. Till did this? Yeah. Maybe he was just upset he got knocked out. Maybe. Maybe it has to do with the CTE he has. I mean, we don't know. Could have just been a wild night. The only other thing I can think about is Walt Harris who apparently has got a suspension from USADA, but he's still eligible to fight at UFC Ottawa. He's currently in the suspension? He They've recently announced he has a suspension, but he's eligible to fight at 
UFC Ottawa. I don't know. I didn't read the the article about it. So either two things are happening. Either they don't know enough yet to actually go through with the suspension, with the suspension or the suspension he had is over. I'm thinking it might have been retroactively because USADA tends to do that now. Where they're like, oh, it's a retroactive suspension. And you're like, that explains why he's been gone for two years. Or yeah. a year and a half. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, I mean, that would explain why we haven't seen a bunch of fighters recently. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we have the Bellator card coming up, which was actually going to be a good one. This is one I'm, I'm going to watch from beginning to end. Is this the Welterweight Grand Prix one? Yeah, this is the one with uh, Roy McDonald and John Fitch as the main. Yeah, that should be a good one. Then you got the uh, Flyweight title underneath that. And then there's a couple good ones in the prelims. That's something that definitely watch. It's free, guys. It's on cable. The welterweight Grand Prix is going to get really exciting in the other fight, too, when Lima goes against um, MVP. MVP. Yeah. I think MVP gets his first loss. I, I'm I'm telling you, I would bet on Lima opposed to MVP on that fight, uh, just on the basis that uh, Lima is a badass. <laughs> well, that, and, and we saw um, Paul Daly take down MVP and Paul Daly is not really much of a wrestler when, when you could turn Paul Davy Paul Davy when you could turn Paul Daly into a wrestler you know you have frustrated the shit out of him but when you turn Paul Daly into a wrestler and he can take you down there is a serious problem with your wrestling yeah I really think Lima could if he gets a good grip on him uh MVP is going to go to the ground and it's going to be showtime and I think it's going to be MVP's loss. And I think MVP's not going to lose any stock because he's a, he's a wild guy and he's got length. He's got that, that Jones length, man, where he can get you from range. And he's, he's crazy creative. And he's got some antics in and outside of the ring. But I think Lima can very easily walk right up to him, grab him, put him on the mat. Yeah. I'm, I would bet more on Lima than MVP. You know, MVP does have that chance. He's very wiry. He can get out of scrambles, but I think Lima's wrestling is a ton better than MVP's ability to scramble. I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one, too, because if Lima wins against MVP, and I'm pretty sure Rory takes takes it with Fitch, we get a rematch. That was one hell of a fight for Rory to get the title the first time. So that's basically the rundown of what happened, what's going to happen and everything else in the MMA community that we know about. Uh, you got anything? They released earlier today four or five names that were on suspension. One of them which is over for Sean O'Malley, so he should be back soon. Uh, Nico Montana apparently got popped for something. Well, they all got popped for the same thing. It was a contaminated substance, right? They don't know yet. Or they're not, they haven't released the specifics. But it was for PED Osterine. Hmm. Osterine, or I'm not sure I'm saying it right, but it was for the... PED Osterine. Overeem? Like, were they just uh, injecting his blood oh, I don't into... Know. That would probably help. You know? Like, if you took Prime Uberim and you extracted his blood and you pumped it into somebody... Well, then you'd just be full of PEDs. He would instantly be able to, like, probably double his lifts. Like, in no problem. You know? And Sean O'Malley walks out there at welterweight. Like, Jesus, man. <laughs> you a lightweight? <laughs> and with that being said, that's gonna wrap up our spiel and our take on some of the current goings on of the MMA world and UFC. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Like, add, subscribe, follow Jacob, follow us on Twitter. 
I'm at Hooked JP. He's at Hooked Justin. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hook J Podcast. Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. See you next episode. Sometimes you've got to do what's right for you and not do what's right for everybody else.